You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. And if your mind is filled with evil reports and negativity and gloom and doom and despair, and it's not coming from the Word of God, and it's coming from this world source, your imagination will run wild on you. And you can imagine the absolute worst to come upon you. And you can literally live in fear day and night. People are dying of heart attacks because of fear today. A brief 10-minute newscast can fill you with feelings of sadness, anger, and fear. In Pastor Gary's message today, he suggests turning off the news. As a way to guard your heart against the evils of the world, just don't participate. It's easy to let your imagination run wild and assume the worst after catching the news, but you've been called to bring every thought captive to the Lord. Instead, choose to fill your mind with God's Word. Correct your fearful thinking with God's promises to never forsake you. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 as he begins his message, Battle of the Mind. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In many cases and throughout the Word of God, the heart and the mind are referring to the same thing. The Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. And the mind and the heart are very, really interchangeable in many of the scriptures throughout the Word of God. And so when it says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, now, I, don't, don't misunderstand me. There is a difference between the heart and the mind. But there are some scriptures that you can interchange those words. But in this particular text, I believe it's speaking more so of the heart than the mind. Because here's what you got to understand. The heart reflects what's on the mind. Amen. The heart is a recipient of what you let filter through your mind. Does that make sense? It's kind of the settling place. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. You know, people who fill their minds with filth by exposing themselves to stuff on television or media that they shouldn't be exposing themselves to, uh, eventually it will uh, corrupt their heart. Amen. And so uh, the mind is something that God has given us as a gateway to our heart. Okay. So when it says, keep thine heart with all diligence for out of the, of the issues of life, you need to understand this, that the mind is the gate to the heart. And so if it, mean, if it tells you to keep your heart, it means to guard your heart, then that obviously means to go without saying that you need to guard your mind because the mind is the gateway to the heart. Does that make sense? That being said, I'm going to talk about some gates to the heart, and we've discussed these before, but I want to give, I just feel like I need to go over some of this again and maybe mention some scripture that we haven't discussed yet. There's, we're going to talk about the eyes, we're going to talk about the ears, and we're going to talk about our mouth and how all of those affect our mind, the way we think and process things, and how it eventually uh, affects our heart, which is where all of the issues life come forth. Now, now, before we go any further, what does that mean out of it are the issues of life? 
Well, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. You want to know what's on somebody's heart, just listen to them talk. Right? Just listen to them talk and you know what they're all about. Okay? You want to know what somebody's about, you want to know what somebody's passionate about. Well, uh, you want to know what's on somebody's heart, you just study the issues of their life and that will give you a good snapshot picture of what's in their heart. Amen? you got to guard your heart. If you want your issues of life to be wholesome, to be godly, to be pure, then you've got to guard the mind and fill it with the Word of God and protect your mind so that your heart is protected from things that could contaminate it. Now, thankfully, we have the blood of Christ, amen, as an agent that cleanses us of our sins and helps us in this process as we walk with God because the Bible is, you know, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word of God. And I thank God that not only do we have the Spirit of God, not only have the blood of Christ, but we have the Word of God to keep our hearts and minds cleansed as it washes us daily by the renewing of our mind. Amen. And so this is how we need to start guarding our hearts is through the mind. Now go with me if you can to Philippians chapter 2. And verse 5, these are some scriptures dealing specifically with the mind and with the heart uh, as a foundation. All right, Philippians 2, 5 says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So we are to have the mind of Christ. If you study the context of that passage, I don't have time to get into it in detail, but it's dealing with the servant's mind. Uh, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It's, it's the attitude of a servant. And so we to, we are to think like a servant. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I think one of the reasons our churches are crippled with, and, and we, we have fewer people today volunteering to minister than we ever have in the past is because people don't think of themselves as servants anymore. People think of themselves as first class citizens standing in line for their rights and demanding their rights. And, and we feel like as a people often that we should not be serving, but we should be being served. And we come to church not to serve, but to be served often. We, we come to church with our hands out, ready to receive, but we're not often ready to give. Amen. But it would revolutionize the church if we would come to church with the attitude, I'm not here to get I'm here to give, amen? Not, not just give to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but to give to my Lord because He's done so much for me. There's no way I could repay Him, so the least I can do is give what I can, amen? And we need to have a revolution in the church of having the mindset of a servant. So then we go to Philippians chapter 4, since you're in the book of Philippians, and look with me at verse number 8. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, wow, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what does the Bible say? Think on these things. Question, according to the standard of this verse right here, you don't have to answer it out loud, you don't even have to raise your hand, but is your mind filled with these things? And if it's not, we've got some work to do. 
we've got some work to do. You know, often we are critical of people who are positive thinkers because we live in a real world, right? And we are realists, and I, I do not deny reality. And so we have to talk about negative things. But the Bible is clear in one thing. If you want to keep your focus and you want to have joy in your life and, and do what God's called you to do and do it successfully, then you're going to have to limit your mind to things that are not pure and things that are not lovely and things that are not just and things that are not honest and things that are not true and things that are not of a good report. In other words, there's some things you're just going to have to tune out. Isn't that interesting? I love that especially where it says whatsoever things are of a good report. Good report. You remember the good report and the evil report. There was two reports brought back uh, from the land of Canaan when they went to spy out the land of Canaan. Ten brought back an evil report. Two brought back a good report. The two had the truth. Amen. Now the two had the truth. The ten had the facts, but the two had the truth. Amen. The ten had the facts, but the two had the truth. The facts were there were giants, but the truth was they could overcome them. Amen. And the two had the good report. The Bible called it a good report. And often we have a tendency because of human nature and the old Adamic sin nature and the way the natural mind works, we have a tendency to believe the bad over the good. Well, you know, what's Murphy's Law? If anything could happen, it was going to, right? We just have a general concept in the world that you might as well, you know, expect the worst. Don't we? Amen. And, and you've got to be disciplined to have a different way of looking at things. That's why, you know... I advise you not to watch too much news, if any. I'm not going to stick my head in the sand like an ostrich and, and just uh, hope that everything goes away because I'm not looking at it, amen? But at the same time, I've got to limit myself to the negativity to this world is promoting because my wife said something to me the other day and, and she put it in a way that I never thought about before. But, uh, but fear sells. Fear Sales. You want to know why the news loves to report all the bad stuff and they hardly ever report all the good that's going on in the world? Because fear sells. People love to hear bad news. Now, they, they don't want to hear any bad news about themselves or their relatives, but now we love to watch and see what kind of tragedy is going on because it's entertaining to some of us. And this world is ate up with it. And there are people that make a living just reporting bad news because the human nature enjoys it so. And they will watch it and they will pay to watch it. Amen? It's interesting, isn't it? And so I, I would encourage you, if the news gets you down, if the news depresses you, then get into the Word of God, trade the news for the Word of God, and fill your mind with good things according to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 because we're actually instructed to do that. I have a feeling that I'm on an as-need-to-know basis, and if God feels like I need to know some world event that's going on, He'll let me know. Amen. And somebody, I'll assure you, you got enough people in your life that if something's going on that you need to know about, somebody will tell you because people talk. Amen. You let them filter the news for you, and you get your head in the Word of God. It'll help you a long way. It'll help you. <laughs> Amen. I had to turn the news off. It was depressing to me. I was subscribed to, uh, was that the Blaze Network? And now I come in for what they do, and they report a lot of stuff that the mainstream media don't report. It's a good source of information. But, Brother George, every time I watch it, I get depressed. 
because of all the crazy stuff going on in the world. It's unpredictable. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just had to say, you know what, I'm, t- I'm unsubscribing to that because it's not building up my faith. I got a God that's going to handle all that. Amen. I'm not big enough in the world to make a political difference anyway. God's big enough to change and turn the tide if He wants to do that. I want to give it to Him. I want to serve God. I want to vote as right as I can. Amen. I want to do my part to make a difference. But I cannot let the negativity of the world fill my mind with evil reports and cause me to live in fear and, you know, chaos. So, Philippians 4 8 is a very powerful verse when dealing with the battle of the mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This might be a two Sunday study right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look with me at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that means they're not of the flesh. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that's dealing with spiritual principalities. Okay? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. An imagination is a powerful thing. And if your mind is filled with evil reports and negativity, and gloom, and doom, and despair, and it's not coming from the Word of God, and it's coming from this world source, your imagination will run wild on you. And you can imagine the absolute worst to come upon you. And you can literally live in fear day and night. People are dying of heart attacks because of fear today. They're fearful of what's going on in the world because of the economy, because of politics, because of this, because of that. And their imaginations have gone wild. And the Bible tells us that we're to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought. That means when your thoughts run wild, you've got to bring them captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, correct your thinking with the Word of God with the hope of the Word of God, with the power of the Word of God, with the promises of the Word of God. That means if somebody says that uh, we're fixing to go into a, a Great Depression like we've never seen before, what you've got to do is equip yourself with the promise of the Word of God that God, my God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I, you know what? I like what one old country preacher said. I don't care if inflation rises so high that you have to pay $5 a sop. Amen. Uh, God's going to take care of His children. Amen. That's pretty good stuff right there, ain't it? God's going to take care of you. I just stand on that. I just stand on that. And I'd advise you to do the same. Because you've got to hold captive your thoughts and not let your thoughts wander off away from the promises of God for His people. Does that make sense to you? Flip over to Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. Verse 10. This is what the psalmist David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Did you know that you can be saved and have a wrong spirit about you? You sure can. Just because you might have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you does not necessarily and automatically mean that He is in control. And I have seen Christians get out of sorts 
As a matter of fact, do you remember when Jesus rebuked his disciples because they saw somebody doing something they didn't agree with and they said, Lord, shall we just uh, call fire down from heaven and consume them immediately? And the Lord looked at them and said, you don't know what spirit you are of. He said, it's because the Son of Man didn't come to destroy life, but to save it. See, see how religion can take over, a religious spirit can take over and compare people with people and say, well, well they ain't right. And bless God, they better pay for their deeds. And we got to expose them and make sure that everybody knows that they're sinning and make sure that they pay for their sin. And all of a sudden, a religious spirit can come over you and you can be condemning people when Christ has called you to love them. Amen. See that? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, help me not to get entangled into a wrong spirit a wrong attitude about how I should uh, interact with people that I come across to whom I am called to be a witness. Amen. Uh, by the way, uh, the gospel is good news. It's good news. I know there's bad news, but see, uh, the, the gospel is good news. It's the, the, the good news is you don't have to go to hell. That there is a remedy for your sin problem his name is Jesus. Amen. That's the good news, and that's what we've got to share with people. Don't look at people in their sin and just say, you know what, buddy, they're just going to have to, I, I ain't nothing I do to help them, and walk off. That's the wrong spirit. That's the wrong attitude. Somebody comes in the back door of the church, they're stinking, they're smelly, they, 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 they're of ill repute, they have a bad testimony in the community, you know exactly who they are, you know they ain't up to no good, they've always been in trouble, and you know if they show up at church, they ain't got nothing but trouble on their mind, you know what, it'll be real easy to get caught up in a religious spirit and want to condemn them and not open up loving arms to them and love them like Christ would love them. But we've got to learn how to discipline ourselves to be of a right spirit. And the only way we can do that is according to Psalm 51, let, pray that God would create in us a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit. Amen. Go to Romans chapter 12 and we're going to look at verse 2. Watch this. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hmm. If you can change your mind, you can change your life. Rather, if God can change your mind, God can change your life. Amen? All it takes is a change of mind. The problem is, all of us are born sinners. And we are born with a corrupt mind. We are born with a corrupt heart. And you can take a pig and you can put a little pretty uh, ribbon on him if you want to, but, uh, and he can win a prize in the, in the county fair, but you let him loose and he's going to run right back to the hog pen because it's his nature to wallow in the mire. And, and it's a sin, sinner's nature to wallow in sin. And no matter what you do, eventually he may turn over a leaf for a day or two, but eventually he's going to go right back to his sin. He may get up on January 1st, may have got up and said, you know what, today's a new day, I'm going to lay down my beer, I'm going to lay down my adultery, I'm going to lay down my sin. And then within two weeks' time, his mind will have already went right back to the hog pen because his nature has not been corrected. Amen. And so there's some things you will never be able to change your mind about until you yield your spirit and your soul to Jesus Christ.
And then when Jesus Christ takes possession by purchasing you with his blood, he creates in you a new spirit. He saves you. He washes you. He cleanses you. He makes you a new creature according to the word of God. And now all of a sudden, the things you used to like, you don't like anymore. And the things you used to detest, now you love. Amen. I know people who used to hate church before they got saved. They were critical of the church. But once they got saved, you couldn't keep them away from church. You couldn't keep them out of the word of God. What happened? It was a change of mind and heart that could only take place by a supernatural thing we call salvation. Amen. Salvation is very integral to this process. If you're not saved, you can never experience a renewed mind that Romans 12, 2 is talking about. But now if you are saved, don't just assume that because Lazarus is raised from the grave that he's been loosed from his grave clothes yet. Sometimes we are alive in Christ, but we're still bound by our old ways of thinking. And it's a process to take. That's why we have training union. And that's why we have Sunday school. That's why we get preaching all the time is because it is to edify the body of Christ and to instruct us in righteousness and teach us the ways of God and help loose us from the grave clothes that would seek to keep us bound. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've said this many times, the word transformed, it, uh, it comes from the word that we get our word uh, metamorphosis from. It's a complete transformation. You go from a worm <laughs> to something beautiful that has wings and can fly. He takes us from the depths to the heights of his love. Amen. From the depths of hell to the heights of his love. Glory to God. That'll preach right there. Mm. Titus 3, 5. Go with me to Titus. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Watch this. <laughs> Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. And I quoted this partially, but this is the text. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So you see the cleansing process that Christ takes us through. We're cleansed by His blood at salvation and we're thoroughly and continuously cleansed not only by His blood but by the Word of God as we walk with Him every day of our life. And so that's why a daily, a daily walk is necessary. A daily exposing yourself to the Word of God. If you don't have time to read it when you get up, I'd advise you to, if you have a smartphone, to install one of the, uh, the Alexander Scorby app on your phone. And uh, it's the audio Bible. You can buy it for 20 bucks. It's the most expensive app I've found on the iPhone store. But it's worth $20 to be able to hook it up in your stereo and listen to the Word of God going down the road. Uh, whatever you got to do, make it a priority to get the Word of God in you. I, sometimes I like to listen to it while I'm working out uh, or while I'm driving down the road or while I'm working because I, I am in an office environment and from time to time I can listen to stuff while I'm working. But whatever you got to do, it gets the Word of God in you because that's the only thing that's going to change your life. No amount of preaching, no amount of teaching, although all of that is good, will replace your personal walk with God. Amen. We've laid a good foundation for the necessity 
of winning the battle between your ears. Because I believe most of your battles will be won or lost right here. How you perceive and receive the Word of God. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. As our time with you comes to an end, we'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Prayer for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 171 White Circle, Louisville, Mississippi, 39339. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.